0: I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. And good morning, we welcome you to Gospel Dynamite, a Christian broadcast dedicated to the winning of the lost and the edification of God's saints. Gospel Dynamite is a ministry of Asbury Baptist Church, located at 218 Asbury Church Road, Seagrove, North Carolina. I invite you to visit our church on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock. Now will you join me in studying the Word of God? you're listening to Gospel Dynamite, thank you for joining us. I ask you to turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 18, verses 14 through 19. Genesis chapter 18, verse 14. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Then Sarah denied, saying, I laugh not. But she was afraid. She said, Nay, but thou didst laugh. And the men rose up from thence and looked towards Sodom, and Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hand from Abraham that thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham so shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him, and he will command his children and his household after him. and They shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. I speak to you today on what God wants in a father. In the Bible, we're confronted with many poor examples of fathers, such as Ahab in 1 Kings 22, the men of Israel in Psalm 78 and verse 8, Psalm 78 and verse 57, as well as Jeremiah chapter 9 and verse 14. Now, These scriptures, along with many others, give glaring proof that there are bad fathers everywhere around. In our day, a bad father is not hard to find. They're everywhere. However, finding that man who stands out as an example of what a good father ought to be is a hard animal to track down. About uh, 3,500 years ago, God looked down on Abraham and declared him to be a good father. Now if a per, if a person will take the time to look at the life of Abraham the reasons for this glowing assessment become abundantly clear. Today we're going to look at Abraham's life and see God's idea of what makes a great father. By way of introduction, let me say that we live in a day that we need good role models, good male role models, good female role models, and it's getting hard to for boys to find good Christian males who are worth looking up to. It that, seems that men have forgotten what it means to be men, and our society seems determined to blur the line between the roles of men and those of women. But I say we need some real men who are not afraid to be men. Uh, in fact, do you remember when men were men? Remember when You could tell by looking at a person, just tell whether they were a man or a woman. And today we have more genders, seems like people want there to be more genders and more ingredients that are in Heinz 57 sauce. God only made two genders, and uh, the others are total confusion, total sin, and they are specifically from Satan. He's the father of lies. He is the father of confusion. We also remember when men who they were liked how they were and didn't want to change anything about how they were. And do you remember when it was was the man who initiated the contact and took the lead in a relationship and made lifelong commitments, treated a woman like a lady and modeled masculinity that displayed security and stability? My friend, we need fewer spineless wimps who've never been disentangled from their mother's apron strings. We must have clear-thinking, hard-working, straight-talking men who, while tender, thoughtful, and loving, don't feel the need to ask permission for taking charge. And I'm convinced that most single ladies would love to have a man who like to spend time with, and most wives long to have men who will share the life with. Children especially like having fathers like that. Our children are looking for men. In the life of Abraham, we find a man who represents what God is looking for in fathers and in men in general. And let's look at what God qualifies as a quality of a good father. God desires a father that will seek his plan. We see God's call on the life of Abraham. He's called at the age of 75 to leave behind home and family and set out for God in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. As far as we know, there was no hesitation on the part of Abraham. He simply responded in faith to God and set out to follow him. Now, Abraham's call was to be the father of a great nation, Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. Abraham answered the call and followed the Lord. And there's no greater blessing than for children to be surrounded by men who have God's call upon their life. And I'm not referring to a call to professional or vocational ministry. I'm referring to men who have heard God's call to be men of the cross, men who are not afraid of their faith, men who are not ashamed to announce to the world that they are the children of the living God. And I'm convinced that every Christian man has a call of God upon his life, especially fathers. And this call implies two great truths. Number one, that there is a personal relationship with God. Abraham knew God in a personal way and every child deserves a saved father. A saved father won't be perfect. However, a saved father will have a foundation from which he can influence the lives of children around him. What about it, men? Are you saved? salvation and the church thing, you know, just isn't for women, children, and preachers. It's for sinners and every person, every man qualifies. And then secondly, there's a personal responsibility before God. Every person, but especially fathers have a great responsibility before the Lord. We're responsible for training our children in the way of God. We are to teach about, teach our children about Jesus, the Bible and the will of the Lord, and they need to learn about prayer and salvation and a close walk with God from their fathers. I thank God for women who live the truth, but it is the father's responsibility to take the lead in the spiritual upbringing of the children. God will hold us accountable. Men, you need to be aware, What our children see us do, they are apt to do as well. There's an old anti-spoking commercial from the 60s that I remember. It showed a father and his son walking together. Father picked up a rock and threw it. The son did the same thing. The father whistled the son, copied him. The father fished a cigarette from his pack and lit it up and began to smoke. And the commercial ended with the boy looking from the father to a cigarette pack he found in the road. The message was clear. When our children learn from dad, they will replay in their own lives. A man in Chicago made it a practice to stop at a bar for a drink or two on his way home from work. One morning as he walked toward the bar uh, in the newly falling snow, he heard a small voice behind him said, Daddy, I'm coming in your footsteps. It was the voice of his young son as he tried to place his feet in his daddy's footsteps in the snow. And the man man finally cried out to God, oh God, if my boy is coming in my footsteps, by your help, I'll track them in a different direction. Men, are you leading your children? Are you leading your children who are looking to you in the right way? Remember, what they learn from you determines what they believe about God, Jesus, the Bible, and the church. We could drastically change the direction of this nation for the next generation if we would only be mindful of how we lead our children and teach them in the ways of God. Secondly, a good father enjoys God's blessing. Abraham was a man who enjoyed the great and abundant blessings of the Lord, and God blessed him in many ways, including being the father of Israel, from which came the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. He blessed him with a land called Canaan, which became his and his descendants forever, He blessed it with a son named Isaac, whom Abraham passed along the blessings of the Lord. Genesis 25, verse 5 says, and Abraham gave all that he had unto Isaac. That one verse tells everything. He received from the Lord and passed it along to the next generation. Isaac was blessed to have a father like Abraham in his life. Would to God that every other child was as blessed to have a father or godly men around them who would take the blessings of the Lord and pass them along. What a parent hands down he receives in return from his children. They will always mirror what you have invested in their lives. And if you invest the blessings of God, you will receive blessing in return. If it is in, if it is the world you choose to invest, there will be heartache and problems. God's kind of dad makes the right kind of investments in their children's lives. But then again, a good father is also a man of prayer. Abraham was a man of prayer, and this is seen that in, in, in every time that Abraham moved, he erected an altar to God, and there he sacrificed and prayed. He prayed about many things, such as the impending demise of Sodom and Gomorrah, Genesis 18, but he also prayed about his children He prayed about God's promise of a son in Genesis 15, verses 1 through 6. He prayed for the welfare of Ishmael in Genesis 17, verse 18. In my mind, there's no greater blessing that a child can have than to know that their father is praying for them. And Fathers should make it a practice to pray for the children every, every single day. Whatever the object, just to be sure to pray for them daily, Let them know you're praying for them. A good father is a crafter of arrows. And following this thought of a father being a crafter of arrows, we have to turn to Psalm 127. The chapter begins with a staple verse. Except or unless the Lord builds the house, They labor in vain that build it. From the onset, the Lord lets us know that our efforts are completely worthless unless they are performed by him, in him, and through him. Now, with that in mind, he reminds us that our greatest work as parents, in particular as fathers, is ever before us in our youth to be the best father possible. To illustrate that, the Lord compares children to arrows, and by implication, that makes a father a crafter of arrows. After setting forth the preciousness of children, in verse 3, David describes children as arrows. Arrows must be crafted very carefully, very skillfully, precisely, and intentionally. They don't just happen, nor do they just evolve. They are created with a purpose, and they cannot be crooked or warped. They must be straight and polished from the eye of the crafter. They must have a sharp point, and then they are, uh, are intentionally aimed at a carefully selected target. An arrow is hewed out of rock and wood, it's done so with care, and the shank of the arrow is to be straight and its weight proportionate or its aim will be hindered. The construct of the arrow requires constant attention from the time of its creation to hitting its intended target. A chiseled point is perhaps where the most time is spent, for it's the most important After all, a dull edge will not penetrate its target regardless of the best aim. So the child must be brought up straight. He or she must be hewed to the way of the Lord. To do this requires discipline. Discipline on the part of the crafter then he must be able to discipline the child and that arrow by his training for him or her to make his or her mark for Christ on the world. Fathers, we have one crucial job and there are no remakes. We only have one opportunity with a child to train them and to make an indelible mark for the Lord. It is your job, fathers, to sharpen that chiseled point of that child. Bring your child up in the admonition of the Lord. What you make priority is what your child will make priority and what you deem least important, your child will follow suit. We've allowed sports, outdoor leisure, fishing, hunting, yard work, tournaments, And everything under the sun to influence our children. We've allowed our children to be around the foul mouth, immoral, ignoramus that constantly curses with God's name, but we fail to bring our children to the house of God. We're quick to be critical of the preacher in the church, yet it's perfectly fine to allow your children to be influenced by the flunkies of the world. We'll force our children to play sports, play in the band, or in some fraternal organization because it looks good on a transcript. But when it comes anything to do with with the house of God, like singing or attending a youth meeting, we're quick to say, oh, I'm allowing them to make their own decision. You're more concerned about how some extracurricular activity appears on a transcript more than you're concerned about how you look to God It is my duty and sore displeasure to say to you, you will give an account to God for how you performed as a father. You and I both. How can we expect our lives to affect the world for Christ when we couldn't care less if our children value the house of God or personal relationship with Jesus Christ? My friend, we have a lot to give an account to God for concerning the sharpening, the crafting of our children. The child must be polished with love, instruction, godly example, and discipline. The child must be taught that nothing comes free. But with effort, hard work, prayer, serving God, God will bless them beyond measure. Like the arrow. A child must be aimed. If you don't care where you're going, you'll always get there. The child must be aimed at God and his glory, aimed at the kingdom of God and its welfare, aimed in the way of everlasting life, and he must not fall short or miss the mark. This is job one. To Make sure your child is informed about God and that salvation is only through his son, Jesus Christ. What a tragedy it would be That if we only had one job and that job was to introduce our child to Jesus Christ to make sure they have a relationship with him and that they would never go and burn into a devil's hell without God. How tragic would it be for a father and a mother to go to heaven and never, ever, ever, ever see their child because they failed to tell them about Jesus Christ. Yet I contend with you, there will be people in heaven who will go through that very thing. Children require a father. Are you being the father your children need? Are you being the father the Lord desires you to be? Or you say, preacher, I'm not a perfect dad. To that I'll say you'll never be one. However, God never called you to be a perfect father, but he has called you to be a present father, an engaged father, a father that follows the Lord, a father that loves their children. In closing, is there any wonder that in James 2 and verse 23, that verse calls Abraham the friend of God? Few men have ever reached the spiritual stature of this great man. However, men in our day could be more like him, and we could possess these qualities that he possessed if we would only allow God to have his way and work his will in our lives let's face it, we need godly fathers and men who will mold small lives into great ones for the kingdom of God. We need men who will change society by giving the next generation great examples to imitate. We need men of God and you can be those men. Are you being what God wants you to be, today? It may be too late to undo every wrong you've ever done, but it's never too late to become the man God wants you to be. You can do that. You can become a crafter of errors. You can become a person of faith. You become a person that God can use As a prayer warrior, you can be a leader that the next generation looks up to. Would you do that? Would you do that? If you've never been born again, you can come to Christ. I trust you would do that. If you've never accepted Christ as your savior, come to him now. If you've never surrendered your life to him, to allow him to use you and work through you and in you. You need to do that as well. Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to do that in a day that everything seems to be falling apart? Listen, we must have strong fathers. We must have strong fathers. We must have strong commitments to God, strong commitments to our children and our grandchildren. Our political parties, they're not going to fix our mess. Only a relationship with Jesus Christ and an honoring of God will fix our problems would you come to him today